putting. Try that again. Good morning, church. That was me. Sorry. Um, the weather outside doesn't look like that, but uh, it will. I've been praying for at least one more rain to get rid of that yellow pollen off the trees. Y'all are nodding your heads. You've been to the doctor. You've spent money on stuff and all that yellow pollen, and you wash your car, and 30 minutes later, some of y'all haven't been washing your car. So um, we are here to celebrate Easter. So glad you're here. I love Easter for a lot of reasons, but college students come home and, and family comes home. It's just a great it's just a great time. So it's so good to see everyone here today. I'm so glad you're here. It's already been mentioned. It's a big day. Um, it's a big weekend for our church, for a lot of churches, LTC, Leadership Training for Christ. We have a lot of people that are still gone and families to Dallas. There's probably two, 3,000 kids that show up at just, I mean, they do these in several places, um, several locations in Dallas and um, two or 3,000 kids, and they, they've been working for three or four months on puppets and drama and Bible quiz and preaching and song leading and art, and there's so many things, and you'll hear about that in a couple of weeks, but it's a big, big weekend, and as I said, we still have some people gone. But there's another reason it, it, this is a big weekend. <clears throat> it's opening day baseball. I know y'all are pretty excited about opening day baseball, Right? I mean, Major League Baseball, I'm, surely you understand, people call in sick on opening day. Scott Stagner's nodding his head, and he, he's, not that he would ever do that, but he knows people who would do that. People take vacation days to watch the game or go to the game. There are games in the 162-game season that you can go to a ballpark and buy tickets on the spot because there's not a crowd, but opening day... Oh, opening day sells out. People buy tickets way in advance. This is opening day weekend. And I can sense the excitement already. <clears throat> so let, let me share some opening day facts with you. Do you know uh, what pitcher started the most games on opening day? Scott Stagner, your pitcher. All right, I'm going to give you the answer. Tom Seaver started 16 times on opening day. Usually baseball teams will start their best pitcher, Tom Seaver. What famous record was tied on opening day? I believe it was the first pitch opening day that Hank Aaron tied Babe Ruth with his 714th home run in 1974 on opening day. Who was the first U.S. president to throw an opening day pitch? That was William Howard Taft in 1910. Cliff, you remember... <laughs> Who has the only no-hitter on opening day? Scott, I'm going to give you another chance. No? Bob Feller, 1940. Who has the most shutouts on opening day? The Walter Johnson. He has nine. Let me give you a few more. What's the longest opening day game? 16 innings just a couple of years ago, the Cleveland Indians versus the Toronto Blue Jays. How about this? The Cincinnati Reds remain the only team to always open their season at home. You know, somebody's got to be on the road, but Cincinnati says, nope, 
Opening day is always at home for us. Remember some guy named Ted Williams? Great Ted Williams. He batted 449 in opening day games. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Richie, it's Easter Sunday and you're talking about baseball. I don't care about baseball. I don't care about opening day. But I'd beg to differ. Because we're here today because of opening day. Opening day is Easter. Opening day is Resurrection Sunday. Opening day is when the stone was removed. Opening day is when Jesus came out of the grave. So we're all about opening day. We believe in opening day. Opening day is when a dead man came to life. Opening day is what gives us, a, much like baseball, baseball on opening day, it's a new season. I mean, the old season's gone, and, and, and maybe we have a chance. Opening day says, hey, maybe the Cubs will win. Opening day in any venue, opening day in, in any sports, you're like, okay, maybe this is the year for the Cowboys. Opening day is when we forget about the last season, and, we're, and we forget about all the bad plays, and we forget about everything in the past. And it's like, hey, it's opening day, we have a, we have a chance. Opening day is all about hope. Opening day is, is about everything that we look for. Opening day erases everything in the past. Oh, we're all about opening day. And to Christians, much like baseball, opening day means the same thing. It's a chance for a new life. It's a chance for a new season. It's a chance for hope. When Jesus came out of the grave on opening day, that means Satan was defeated. That means Jesus is no longer in the grave. Opening day means that Jesus is victorious. Opening day means a new season and a new start. And it means we now have hope and we now have chance. So I want to talk to you today about opening day. Because the resurrection, the empty tomb is all about opening day. But to talk about opening day, we need to go back a little bit. In fact, if you want, we can go all the way back to the beginning when Scripture says that God opened His mouth. The Hebrew writer says that God spoke the world, the universe, into existence. There was an opening day when God opened His mouth and, and, and He spoke everything into existence. And then Adam and Eve came along and God put them in the garden and He said, you know what, you can eat of any tree except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they didn't listen to God. And they were disobedient to God and they ate of that tree and they ate of that fruit. And they were in bondage. They were in bondage to death. But that's okay because even before opening day, God had a plan. In Ephesians 1 and verse 4 it says, Before the creation of the world, God chose us to be in Him, in Jesus, to be holy and blameless in His sight. Even before God opened His mouth and spoke the universe into existence, God already had a plan for opening day to happen so that we would be in Jesus Christ. And you read through the Old Testament and the prophets opened their mouths and they spoke to the people and they said, hey, there's an opening day coming, there's a Messiah coming, God's sending a Messiah to be with us. And the people didn't listen. And yet the prophets opened their mouths and they spoke anyway. And there was another opening day where God opened the heavens and He sent His Son to the earth to be born of a virgin. God opened the heavens and He opened earth and He said, I, I want you to go down there. And Jesus, our Savior, was born. But John says the world didn't recognize Him and the world didn't receive Him. Even though God opened up heavens and said, I'm going to send my one and only Son, the world didn't recognize and the world didn't receive. Recently, we were in the book of Acts, and in Acts chapter 2, it says, Men of Israel, listen to this. 
Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. That's our opening day. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. We keep reading in Acts chapter 2, Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here on this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, and his body didn't see decay because God has raised this Jesus to life and we're witnesses to this fact. And we saw in the book of Acts that the early Christians went everywhere talking about opening day. They talked about the resurrection. They talked about Jesus was not in the grave. They talked about that and they preached that and how God unleashed Jesus from the tomb and how God still wants to unleash that same power for us today. I believe it's, I have it, yeah, Ephesians 1. His incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the, the same power God used on opening day to bring Jesus out of the grave. He gives us that power. And everybody, all the early Christians went around preaching that. So what does opening day mean to us? Well, opening day means to us that we have a new season. Because Jesus came out of the grave, we can have a fresh start. Consider these verses. If anyone is in Christ, he's got a new start. Opening day means we can be a new creation. If Jesus was still in the tomb, we couldn't be a new creation. If Jesus was still in the tomb... We can't have a new start. If Jesus is still in the tomb, wow, so many things that go along with that. And then we read in Romans chapter 6, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised on opening day, we too may live a new life. If Jesus wasn't raised, we don't get the new life. But because of opening day, we can have a new life. And we bury our old self, and we bury the sin, and we're set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we'll also live with Him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, we get to be alive in Christ Jesus. So because of opening day, we get a new start. We get a new season. Opening day for us, His resurrection means you're a new creation in Christ. So we're all about opening day. We celebrate opening day. We love opening day because opening day means to us that we can, in Christ, we can bury our old selves and we can bury our guilt and we can bury the hurt and we can bury the pain and we can bury the addictions and we can bury the things that bring us down, the things that put us in bondage. In the same way Adam and Eve were in bondage, Jesus has come to set us free. It's what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So are you in bondage to anything today? Is there anything weighing you down? Is there anything keeping you in the tomb? Because if Jesus is not in the tomb, you don't need to be behind the stone either. So what guilt do you have? What hurts do you have? What pain are you struggling with? 
what's in your closet, what's keeping you from living the life that God's called you to live, because opening day means that Jesus has set us free from all that. But opening day means more than that. Opening day means that we have hope. We have hope. Look at what Paul says in Acts 23. I stand on trial when he was arrested. I stand on trial because of my hope in the resurrection. If Jesus was still in the tomb, we have no hope. If Jesus is still in the grave, we have no hope. He says in Acts 24, I admit that I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way. I believe everything that agrees with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So we have hope. You know what it means to not have hope? You know what it means to be hopeless? Maybe you've heard about Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. He tells of his years in a Nazi concentration camp. In those Nazi concentration camps, he lost his father and mother and brother and wife. They all either died in the camps or went to the gas ovens. His existence, he says, was full of cold, fear, starvation, pain, lice, exhaustion, and terror. He writes, he was able to survive because he never lost hope. He said those prisoners that almost would wake up in the morning and would lose hope would almost die immediately because they had no hope. When a prisoner lost hope and let himself decline, he became the subject to mental and physical decay. He writes, the prisoner would die from the inside out. Because that's what no hope does to us. We die from the inside out. Listen, listen, folks. Hope doesn't guarantee the Cubs are going to win. Hope doesn't guarantee that Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. Hope doesn't guarantee you're going to get a job. Hope doesn't guarantee you're going to get the race. Hope doesn't guarantee that the relationship's going to work out. Hope doesn't guarantee a lot of things. But hope guarantees that Jesus is not in the grave. And that's why we celebrate opening day. Hope means that God is in control. Hope means that Satan will not win. Hope means that Jesus is victorious. People who have no hope, as Frankel said, die from the inside out. They give up. They live in misery and gloom and despair and dejection. They live with downcast faces. Maybe that's, maybe that's you today. Maybe you're struggling because you have no hope, living in despair, no hope of graduating, no hope of getting that grade you wanted, no hope of getting married, no hope of having children, no hope of the relationship working out, no hope of getting out of the doldrums of life, no hope chains us, no hope puts us in bondage. You ever wake up with no hope? You ever go to bed with no hope? You ever go to bed just wondering why you're even getting up the next morning? That's what no hope does to us. We die from the inside out. But listen, folks, opening day means that Jesus sets us free. And opening day means that Jesus gives us hope. Look at what Peter writes in 1 Peter. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He's given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through opening day. Because of opening day, we can have a living hope. So he says, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. There's going to be another opening day when Jesus comes back to gather the faithful to him. Through him you believed in God who raised him from the dead. That's opening day and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've read Max Licato's book, The Numbers of Hope. He talks about John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Max says 26 words that give us hope. 26 words that you ought to wake up to every day. 26 words that remind us that God loves us. 26 words that remind us that God loved us so much that He not only sent His Son, and His Son not only died, but His Son was resurrected. 26 words that give us hope. Let me give you two illustrations and and then we'll be done. I love the passage in Luke 24. It's an interesting section of Scripture. Jesus has already been crucified. He's already died. He's already been raised. And we find two disciples that are on the road to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, so it's a pretty good little walk. And on that walk, that seven-mile walk, they start having a conversation. And And it says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Maybe about the crucifixion, maybe about the death, maybe about Jesus, but they were just having a conversation. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus Himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing Him. Jesus asked them, even though they didn't recognize Jesus, He said, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood there with their faces downcast. No hope. One of them asked, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do you not know the things that have happened these last couple days? It's like, dude, where have you been? Jesus says, what things? Just having an interesting conversation. They said about Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped... We had hoped that He was the one who was going to redeem Israel. I mean, we had hoped that He was the one. Here in the midst of being downcast, we had so much hope that Jesus was the one. Have you ever said those words? I had hoped. I would hoped the doctor had better news. I would hoped the hospital would release him. I had hoped... It was not cancer. I'd hoped the relationship would work out. I'd hoped to get into that university. I'd hoped to make a better grade. I'd hoped the news wasn't going to be that bad. I had hoped are words of discouragement. I had hoped means that what we wanted we didn't get. I had hoped means we did get what we didn't want. Listen, folks, here's, here's the good news about hope. I don't want you to put your hope in a team. I don't want you to put your hope in a victory. I don't want you to put your hope in any person. I don't want you to put your hope in money. I don't want you to put your hope in test results. The Bible says, listen, you put your hope in Jesus. And in the midst of all those things, we might want to turn out different. Still, if we put our hope in Jesus, in opening day, the fact that He's not in the tomb, if we put our hope in Jesus... 
We can make it through all those things. We can make it through all those storms. Opening day for Christians means that Jesus is not in the grave and our hope of salvation is in Him. When we hope in Jesus, we're trusting in Him. When we hope in Jesus, we're putting our faith in Him. Not to give us what we want. I don't want to hope that Jesus gives me what I want. I hope that Jesus gives me what I need. So we can put our hope in Jesus. And that's why we celebrate opening day. Okay, I've got time for one more illustration. So I may have shared this one with you before, but 33 years ago, I had hope. I had hoped on my birthday when Kelly said, Hey, Richie, what do you want for your birthday? I said, You. And I hope she said yes. And we went and we picked out a ring. There was a guy at the jewelry store who went to church with us, and we picked out a ring, and Kelly had hoped that she would get that ring on Valentine's Day. And so I worked with the guy at the jewelry store who we went to church with to to make this not plan out right. Really, the ring was coming in, but Kelly didn't know that. So I kept telling her, it's not going to come in, it's not going to come in, it's not going to come in. So we went out to eat. And I don't know if you've ever been to Weatherford, Oklahoma, but there's not very many places to eat. Seriously, big time is they just got a McDonald's. So where do you take... uh, pretty young lady if you want to ask her to marry you. So I went to the most romantic place in town. We ate at Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) And it really wasn't going very well, but it was kind of going well for what I was wanting to have happen. But, you know, the meal wasn't going well, and Kelly was getting kind of frustrated. And, you know, Kelly, the ring's not coming. And so we get done with the meal, and we get out in the car, and it's time for opening day. So I took the ring out of my pocket and I popped that case open and I said, after all the frustrations of the night, and she's getting a little irritated with me, I said, look, do you want to marry me or not? I mean, it's opening day. Here's the ring. It came in. And she said what every man would want to hear after a night of frustration. She looked at me and she said, you jerk. It was opening day, and I knew she wanted that ring. And it was opening day, and I knew she wanted me. But you know what? When we talk about opening day, not everybody wants to be married to Jesus. Not everybody wants the man. When we talk about opening day in this world, not everybody believes in Jesus, and not everybody wants Jesus. At least until there's times there's no hope in their lives. Because you've seen it in your life and you see it in the lives of other people. When people get hopeless, when people get to the end of their rope, when people realize, you know what, there's no hope. They look to opening day. And they pray to a God that they so hope can answer prayers. And they pray to a God and they so hope that things will turn out better. And little do they know that in the midst of hopelessness, they're praying because of opening day. Because if Jesus was still in the grave, why are we here today? If Jesus is still in the grave, we have nothing to celebrate. If Jesus is still in the grave, why are we singing songs of praise? No, we're here because of opening day. Because God raised Jesus from the tomb. 
So here's what I want you to remember today. When there is no hope, I want you to remember opening day. When there is no hope, I want you to remind yourself that the tomb is empty. When there is no hope, I want you to think about Jesus is alive. When there is no hope, you remember that Jesus is on the throne. When there is no hope, I want you to remember opening day because God loves us that much. If you need to respond to the invitation, if you need a new start in life, if you need to get rid of the guilt and the sin and the past, if you need to get rid of whatever struggles you have, if if there's something that's weighing you down that you just want to be set free, wow, today is opening day where Jesus can set you free. He can wash your sins away. In Acts we read, after the people heard the message about Jesus in opening day, what do we need to do? And they were told, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you need hope today, today is the day because of opening day. If you've been living a life of despair and misery and gloom, and you just can't seem to let go of that, would you give Jesus your burdens today? Would you let Him set you free so that you can live a life of hope? We celebrate Easter today. We celebrate Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate opening day. And if you need to respond to Jesus today, please do so as we stand and sing.